0: For my studio, I went nearly 10 years barely changing my Google Ads funnel, but it did take some work to get to the point where I honestly, hate, I think I said this in the other episode, but just in case the people didn't hear, I'm going to say it again. There were times where I went over a calendar year without ever even logging into the account. It was running so well and efficiently. <laughs> That's crazy.
1: Are you a music school owner looking to scale your program from just a handful of teachers to a highly profitable, well-organized, and mission-driven company? Well, I'm Nate Shaw, co-founder of the Brooklyn Music Factory.
0: And I'm Daniel Patterson, founder of Grow Your Music Studio, and we're here to help you discover a proven pathway to sustainable growth in your music school.
1: So get ready to take your passion for music education and scale it to a seven-figure music school. I have a question for you. I want to follow up on something you said in episode 18 uh, titled, Stress Test Your School's Marketing. Mm -hmm. You basically simmered it all down when I was like, as a owner, where should I focus my attention? And you referenced the Google Big Three. Mm and First of all, remind us, what are the Google Big Three? For those of us that haven't listened yeah. to 18 yet, what are they?
0: Yeah, Google Big Three. The brief definition is these are three places that your school absolutely needs to show up. Mm-hmm. They show up in Google search. If someone types in music lessons, Austin, or piano lessons, San Francisco, or violin lessons, Manhattan, New York, Brooklyn. There are three possible places that your school could show up. Google Ads... Google map pack, and then Google organic search results. Those are the three places. And so if your school is not showing up there, if your studio is not showing up there, you're essentially invisible. Mm. One of the big game changers that we help that grow your music studio has helped studios to achieve or the way that we've helped them achieve it is to help them show up there and other places as well. But as soon as that happens, as soon as they get into that big three, the amount of people discovering them on a monthly basis goes up. And a lot of times we've seen just for context, and I'll stop here because I know you've got a, a deeper question than what we covered in episode 18. This is kind of the brief 30 second summary. Yep, We've seen studios go from 30 to 50 people discovering them per month as measured by Google Analytics to 200, 300, 500 people discovering them per month. In my own studio... We'd get five. And I wasn't even really trying that hard. I had a tiny budget uh, just because our retention was so good that I didn't need a lot of people finding me. Yeah. But we would have on an average month, 500 to 700 people discovering just the studio website. And this wasn't even measuring what we were doing on social. So, so that's the big three. Yeah. So you got
1: Google search. That's really the organic. right? That's the one at the bottom, Uh uh-huh. Yeah, Google by business, Google Maps, basically. People need to be able to find Brooklyn Music Factory quickly and efficiently on a map, no problem, right? Mm -hmm. And then Google Ads, right? So that's... We're going to talk about those three. And you said... You used a phrase, dude, that I want you to dig into because I came out of that episode recording with you um, thinking as an owner myself and actually, honestly, dude, questioning my working knowledge as an owner working with my team, whether they were internally working on these things or externally. So you said, Nate, the the, the owner needs to be conversant in their knowledge of these three, of these big three. And so I kind of walked away and I was like, okay, what exactly do you mean by conversant? Like how much information do I have to store here in order to be able to work with someone on my team who's, you know, refining our Google Maps or refining, you know, Google My Business or working on the SEO to make this search uh, more effective, or yeah. um, picking the right keywords and uh, managing our Google Ad strategy and just the sort of month-to-month effectiveness. So that's my core question. Like, I'm sure that we have a bunch of listeners that are similar to me. They don't need to be a seven-figure music school to be asking this question at all right? They could be a smaller studio, a couple teacher studio, but how conversant? Can you just start with that word conversant in their knowledge and just kind of expand on that for me? Maybe pick one of the big three to start with if that's easier. Okay. Well, I think,
0: see, that isn't naturally where my my thinking would go to. My thinking would go to, and that's okay. Um, Because I think the question there around the word conversant, what does that mean? I want to answer that first part first, I guess. And then we can go to the second half of the question. But to me, it boils down to there's a a lot of different ways that a business can get exposure. There's a lot of different ways that a school can get exposure. How do you know which one to choose? Mm. How do you know if you're going to outsource it or insource it? How do you know if it's being done right? How can you be confident that in not handling it yourself, that, that, that it is going to be done correctly. You know, you, you think, okay, I need someone to do, okay. So to the second part of your question, I need someone to do my Google ads. I type in, go to, I go to Google search. I type in my business needs help with Google ads or Google ads manager. Mm. And you get a a million, a million results and tons of agents. How how would you know who to pick? To me, hmm. being conversant means that you can look at that person's site or look at that agency's site. And because of what you know about the marketing technique that you want to use, you're going to get a gut feeling around, okay, this person, not that person. I can give a really specific example because I'm going to try something. Okay, I say I'm going to try I'm going to use the words of Yoda, do. There is no try. (laughs) I'm trying to eliminate that language out of my life. We're getting ready to do something marketing-wise that I've never done before. And in my mind, I've been thinking for a long time, I want to try this. I want to do this. And so for me to become conversant in that particular technique, and I don't want to get bogged down in what it is because that could just be distracting. So I did personal reading on it. I went to YouTube. I started searching for videos on this particular topic. In doing that, I found the guy on YouTube around this particular method of marketing, Mm. started watching his videos, started understanding what I was looking for. I actually had my ops manager, Kirsten, do a little research on it so that it didn't take up my time. She sent me some articles that she thought were good. I read those. To me, that's the process of becoming conversant. That was the process of me educating myself enough so that I knew what to do. Then here's what I did next. I went to, but before I go there, any questions about what I've
1: said so far? Yeah, yeah dude, I mean, we gotta pause. We gotta pause. <laughs> because you're, actually, you're hitting on a, a pain point that we hear often, which mm-hmm. is, isn't there just a silver bullet? Can I just turn this over to someone and have them just get it right? And you're saying, what I hear you saying is twofold. One, you're uniquely, you're curious about this unique channel and you're curious enough to actually invest some of your most valuable resource, which is your time, right? So you're digging in. You're saying, I what I heard you say is like, first I do some personal reading and then you actually... You're like, basically, you're uh, what I assume you're doing is you're just Googling the topic and you're clicking, clicking, reading, clicking, reading, clicking, blogs, whatever. Then you're going to YouTube. Then I hear you say you're drilling down even further and you're saying, I'm going to go find the expert. That feels to me very intuitive, but it only comes with time, right? So you spend an hour or two and then eventually you realize that this one dude keeps showing up or this expert keeps showing up and you're like, ah... He's the one that I actually need to focus my attention on to learn in an efficient way. Is that what I hear?
0: Yeah, it is. But there's something I think that has to be addressed here. Mm. I knew this was going to be an interesting conversation. Here's what needs to be addressed. And that is the reason why I picked the particular person on YouTube that I picked Mm -hmm. was I knew that he was in a really expensive mastermind with another marketer that I really respect. I recognized his name from that. And I thought, oh, I can trust this guy because he's in this particular circle. So we can't sleep on the intuitive nature of this. Yes. There, there were a bunch of micro decisions that I made and even what to Google, what articles to look at, what was interesting to me in that article. So the deeper conversation about being conversant is that they're 100% there's 100% yes a silver bullet out there but most people won't find it because they don't know enough to figure out how to find the silver bullet that's my opinion
1: yeah but and then, can i go into that for a second daniel because so i'm not going to know i right. don't have the i don't have the depth of knowledge in marketing that you do right i i I was super curious enough to get deep into it for launching brooklyn music factory's marketing but eventually you know we we brought on a marketing manager and an implementer right. and And that's not where my attention's been, right? Um, So I'm not going to necessarily know all of the different marketing gurus out there and who's in whose mastermind. Um, Uh. So my question (laughs) to you is, there's plenty (laughs) of... You you and I know we talked to plenty of people that aren't going to have that knowledge as a foundation to begin the research. So what are one or two tactics that an owner can take, like today... to, to get pointed in the right direction so they don't feel like they're wasting their research time. Right. And I also don't want
0: people to feel as if they've wasted their time listening to the last five minutes because I don't want to communicate that the whole reason that the process I described a few minutes ago was valuable is because intuitively I knew, irrespective of whether you're a marketing geek and have geeked out on it for the last decade like I have or not, you do need to do that research so that you can talk to someone where I was going next. And, and, and I'm going to finish that process. And in the process, I think I'm going to answer your other question there where I was going next was that based on all that, I then went to Upwork and I started looking for someone who could do it for me. And based on what I learned and then based on just what I look for when I'm hiring someone, I put a job app out there Mm. and I had a bunch of people reply and I shortlisted five of them and I just started a conversation with them. And in the process of that conversation, two of them really stood out and I hired one of them. And within a, within two weeks of, of, of making this a top priority project for me, because I've been kind of reading and thinking about this for about a year. Mm-hmm. but it, it, it really became a, a priority for me in the last couple of weeks from when we're recording this episode. Yeah. So I hired this guy and I just knew based on the way he was talking, my interaction with him, that I really could trust him to take over this whole project. So I'm doing nothing. He's even going to write the marketing for me. And of course I have editing approval you know uh, he's not going to he's not going to do or post or say anything on my behalf that i don't approve of but part of the reason i hired him is that i'm going to trust him to do that so that that was the process of me becoming conversant and that that's kind of what it looks like and whether or not um you know like i said whether or not you're 10 years into being a marketing geek or you're really just starting to prioritize this now i still think the process i've described over the last couple minutes here is the process to go. So thoughts on that, Nate, or questions?
1: Well, I want to... You you, you, um, you, moved quickly over a couple of steps there that I think would be really valuable for us to hear a little bit more about. Um, okay. The first one was, you said, so I made a job app and I posted it on Upwork. So job application, this reminds me so much of our episode on how to filter out poor teacher candidates and get more A-list candidates for us, you know, hiring of teachers is probably the number one um, sort of human resources issue we hear over and over. How to hire great teachers and retain them, right? So you're like, I posted a job application, job description. How did you create that job description? Because only two weeks ago you began to research even the thing you wanted to hire for, this new marketing channel. How do you create that job description effectively enough? Um, to ensure that you're attracting the right candidates. Man,
0: I mean, that could be a whole episode in of itself. Because <laughs> years ago, I did a bunch of research on how to do a great job description on Upwork mm-hmm. and get the right kind of talent. And I watched YouTube videos on it. And I found a guy that seemed like he really knew what he was talking about posting job apps on Upwork. And I just followed his model. Uh, so I use basically the same exact process to figure out how to even make my job descriptions. <laughs> can you a, I
1: love it, dude. Can you give <laughs> us like two or three tips that anyone can implement mm. today on there? So mm. obviously you need to be able to title the job you're looking for. So in this case, we might be like Google ads manager. Yeah. Um, okay. But then what are a couple of key components of that job description that you would put in there based on your research?
0: I try to start with a story and give the vision of why I'm doing this. Okay. Why I'm even putting the job application there. I try to help people self-select in. So here's how you know you'd be good for this. Here's, um, so here's what we're looking for. Here's what we're not looking for. And on the actual job description, I'll write even kind of a step-by-step. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. This is what we're trying to measure. Mm, Yes. Yeah. So... That's kind of how I go about doing it. And this, I think, speaks to the larger question that you're asking here. Because, you know, Nate, you started this episode by saying, I don't want to have to do this. How do I know if it's going well? Or how do I know if the person I hired is the correct person or the person that we sourced from within our team internally to do this? How do we know? And it really comes down, I think, to the big picture of what episode 18 was, is you just have to measure it. And you have to know, what are we searching for here? Here's one of the reasons why I picked this guy that I ended up hiring, even over some other strong candidates that honestly, I I wanted to hire three of them, but this guy edged them out. He was so systems-based. And he could talk to me in, uh, in the conversations that we had back and forth. He could talk to me about how will we know if this is working? What are the numbers that we're looking for? And he spoke very confidently about that. I'll tell you, I've spoken behind the scenes to people who I'm not working with or hiring that are in marketing agencies or that do marketing work. And they have just unashamedly and unabashedly said, part of our strategy is making sure we work with businesses that are doing multiple marketing things so that they're distracted so they don't pay attention to us too much. No, that's the
1: last yes. that we can afford. <laughs> can I've talked afford. to people who said that. Okay, so hold on a sec. Because I want to <laughs> go back. I want to I wanna I wanna rewind tape for one second to get back to this. Uh, so sure. this is all so valuable because now we're really getting a kind of punch list as owners of how to become conversant. Um, and and if you work backwards, if you reverse engineer it, you start by saying like I need to be conversant enough to be able to measure where I am now and where I want to get to. And actually, you open the app by giving your own description at your um, you know your previous studio where you're like mm-hmm. we were getting X number of leads, and then we grew to, you know, say you have twenty leads a month, and you want to grow to fifty. That's a very concrete number to be sharing um, with the person you're hoping to hire to help with your Google ads or your Google search, et cetera. Um, but I want to go back to this moment because it feels to me like it can be like, I've had an experience at Brooklyn music factory where we, and you know, cause you helped us with this, where we train on the inside internal. You said, do I outsource it or do I keep it inside mm. internally? So we've always not always, but predominantly focused on internal, what we say coaching up. So taking someone who's really um, probably very well suited, for example, um, to the the Google Big 3, to, 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 to researching keywords, developing ad strategy, they might even be really well suited to writing, copy, and putting together effective ads. And we'll bring them from the inside and work with them over months. We might even bring in an outside expert like we did with you to help with the team, to try to to try to level them up so we can keep the project inside our school. But here's a dirty little secret I wanna share as an owner. There's always a part of me that's like, huh, am I really getting the best possible outcome from this? Should I have just gone to an expert? Should I have just gone outsourced it right from the get-go rather than tried to level up someone who's deeply invested in our culture and our mission, who maybe this might be adding another job onto their role and responsibility? So I'm, I'm sure some people listening are thinking the same thing, like even about themselves, like, hey, I can do it, but I'm not sure I'm the best choice. So it gets back to this moment in time, you're at the fork in the road. You're like, do we learn how to do it internally? Or do we go externally and follow Daniel's approach and hire someone from Upwork? If I don't know anything about it, and I have no intuition around, say, um, organic search on Google, I want to point out something that might be kind of obvious, but I want to ping it back to you. But your network, my network, is so valuable in this moment. So I, I mm. will absolutely go to all of my friends, other school owners, non-music school owners. I will go to family and I'll be like, hey, I'll do exactly what you did. I'll, it won't be a job application or job description, but it'll be a brief. It's like, here's a little story about BMF. Here's what we're hoping to hire. I really need help finding out if anybody knows anyone that's an expert in this. Yeah. Um." So, because that's kind of a workaround from uh, for owners. Like, I can't stress it enough. I literally just did this three days ago, where I was like, "We're looking to um, implement some um, uh, level up our Google Ads," and I'm just like, "Okay, great. We have a whole pile of research. We do it well, but now I need someone who can manage week to week." And I went out to my network. I went out to my network, and right away, I get a couple of two, three, four people come back and say, "Nate, this person's amazing. You want me to make an introduction?" That person might not be the hire, is the point, but that person might help develop an even better, um, you know, working knowledge for me, so that I can do what you're describing. Anything you want to add to that in terms of just working your network to 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 uh, help with this process?
0: I don't know about you, but I didn't get an owner's manual when I started my music school. And I wasted a lot of time on trial and error and making things up as I went along. But you don't have to do that. Nate and I are building a library of resources and tools exclusively for fans of this podcast. Go to growyourmusicstudio.com 7FMS and sign up to receive podcast updates, free resources, and even submit questions for us to answer on the podcast. That's growyourmusicstudio.com slash 7FMS. And we look forward to answering your questions. I don't think I have anything to add on the point of reaching out because I've definitely done that in the past. There is also the idea of opportunity. There have been times where I wasn't ready to do something, but the right person showed up, even though it was the wrong time. And I made it the right time. Love that. Tell but- me um, it really just came down to this person became available. This, op- this opportunity isn't going to be here forever. Mm. So I'm just going to start working with this person, whether it was an internal hire or... I think I've told the story on here before, but I was looking for help on hiring my first um, admin. This was many years ago. I Googled... And I found this coach, read his website, read all his blog posts. Like I literally stopped doing what I was doing for that day and spent a couple hours researching this guy. Mm. And within 24 hours of finding his site, I paid him five grand to work with him. (laughs) Like I just didn't hesitate. I could just tell. And by the way, I wasn't conversant at that time on how to hire my first, you know, manager, business manager. Right. But I, I, I just gut reaction. I could just tell that this guy knew what he was talking about. It wasn't fluff. The The information he was putting out on his posts and on his YouTube videos was very to the point. And I knew that he could help me. And he did. And part of... I'm, he's influenced me in major ways, even to the point that some of the things I've even talked about in past episodes are the outworkings of ideas that started with him. And of course, as we all do, we don't just learn from one source. And so now, you know, kind of what I've said here has been filtered through a lot of different folks and is now unique to me, so to speak, but it started there. Now, I don't want to get, lose sight of what you originally asked. So that's an idea of, or that's an example of, you know, the opportunity was there. Right. Right. There was something else I wanted to say. Based, can you remind me what you said that led into this? Because there
1: was, yeah. there was a third point where I actually wanted to elaborate on something. I was just saying the power of our personal network is so much greater than we ever give it credit for. And if we were feeling at all lost on where to begin our research process, as you've described, is so essential. Um, anything you want to add to tapping oh, into your yeah. network. Um, types of people you might reach out to, types of questions you might ask to just get that Google Big 3 research started more effectively.
0: Yeah, I remember what I was going to say. I have not been opposed to going to Upwork and not posting a job Mm. for the actual job, but literally posting a job for, I want to talk to someone so I can learn. Think about this. You Mm. find someone on there, that has 28 five-star reviews, you can see that their job success score is at or around 100%. And Upwork will show you how much they've earned on the site. So some people have earned over 100,000. Some people have earned over a million dollars on that site. So if you have a combination of a ton of reviews... You've earned over a million dollars and your job success score is at hundred percent. I'm pretty much, that pretty much says I'm going to trust this person and you look at them and they charge 150 an hour and you're thinking, Oh my word. Like if, if it even takes them X number of hours to, to set it up and then run it every month, that's gonna be a lot of money. But I don't look at it that way. Instead of me having to hire someone who I'm going to be obligated to spend all this money on. Why don't I just book this guy for an hour and pick his brain for an hour? So I even know what I'm looking for. This is the cheapest education you can get. That is such an amazing hack. (laughs) I cannot tell you how many times I've done this where I've literally gone out. And you know what? Sometimes it sucked. Sometimes the person, they're just not a good coach or they're, I ask questions. And I, I think this really comes down to what makes a good coach is that a coach not only answers the question, but they can sense why you're asking the question and they can address things that you didn't even know you needed to ask. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting how some people kind of that, I, that I've hired in this way, how some of them have just been very straightforward and to the point. And I left like, OK, I got some information, but I still feel confused. And then other people I've asked them the question and they've answered and they've said, but let me tell you something about that. Oh, I love when I hear that phrase, but let me but let me add on. Yeah. And then I get something from the, I like, Oh, I never thought about that. Okay. I think it kind of just happened with us because I gave that hack there
1: because, I know, that, I, you know, <laughs> that's amazing, dude. So I, I feel like I want to recap a little bit here. What yeah, we've been here. all over the place with this yeah. one, but, yeah. this is, but, but we started with a really basic question that I, I have this question all the time for myself, which is like, when is enough Working knowledge for me to move forward with a strategic choice. In this case, we're talking about the Google Big Three search, um, Google Maps, and Google Ads, right? But what I hear you saying is I'm going to add a word to it, but I hear you saying the research piece is essential. And above that is actually this is an innovation opportunity, right? So right now in our music school, we're, we're deciding to innovate on a marketing channel. And so once I once I once I as an owner make that choice you're saying I then need to commit and block time to research so that I get to a point where as you put it I have enough trust in my knowledge to begin the hiring process for this person. And so you've actually just also added what I think is worth getting all the way to this point in the episode an amazing use of both time and money as an owner which is investing into an expert on upwork and saying hey let me buy an hour or two of your time i'd love to just to sit and learn by the way we do that all the time right dude like we have lunch with friends that are experts in things and we ask them we we i all the time will be like hey is there any chance i could get you on a zoom for 30 minutes to ask about something And this person who doesn't know me at all, but only says yes, because they're a friend of a friend of mine, that's investing. I mean, that time is not free for them, right? It's not like I'm literally paying them for the time, but they're giving time and I'm giving my time. So you're saying, Nate, if you want to have a working knowledge on how to level up your Google ads, you're going to have to invest the research time. And then um, the final thing I I just want to add here is that you eventually reach at a point, you reach your outcome of this research is a simple job description. What I heard you say is, it's a story of who you are. This is you know, your, your why in your business. It's a, it's a, a clear description of um, the role you need. And then it's the outcome you expect from that person. Right? How yeah. it's going to change and transform your business from where it is now to where it needs to go. And if you get to that point, I feel like now I'm conversant. If I've written a job description and I've posted it and I've gotten to the point where I can actually interview two or three people, I'm conversant enough. Yeah. Um, Is there anything I missed? That was my wrap up, dude. Because it was so beneficial even, you know, it was beneficial to me to hear you talk through it. Yeah. The only
0: other thing that I would add to this maybe. And I think I said this in episode 18, but I can elaborate on it here. You shouldn't invest in something you don't understand. And I made the comparison to NFTs, which is the hot thing right now, uh, if you've heard of it. You know, 20 years ago, it was tech stocks. And 20 years before that, it was real gold, estate. And silver, and real estate. Yeah, that was the thing in the 80s no matter what you're investing in, you need to understand it. Mm. I think an owner must at least understand how a funnel works and then specifically how a funnel would work for the particular medium that you're using. So a Google Ads funnel might look similar to a Facebook funnel, which might look similar to an SEO funnel, but there are key differences between those. Things are done differently. In, in each one of those mediums. And the differences are subtle. Mm. I think you have to understand the big picture of it. What does this look like? Okay, so it's this. I'm just going to do it with Google Ads because that's the one that, you know, I've talked about the most over the years. This is just as good a time as any to review that. The basic premise is you need more people finding your studio or your school's website. So how can you do that? Well, set up a Google Ads account get the proper keywords, make sure you're targeting the right areas in your local area. Hmm. You turn that on, you set a budget so that it doesn't overspend on you. And the mechanism is that people Google Piano Lessons Vancouver or Hmm. Piano Lessons Sydney. And at the top of the search returns, your studio comes up, your school comes up. And you've written a nice ad within the Google Ads platform when you set it up. People click the ad, they come to your website or your landing page, depending on how you set it up. They see your offer, they see what you're offering. And based on that, on that page, you have made it possible for them to be able to instantly gratify themselves. You want to make it very evident what their next step should be. Click this button. They click the button. They fill out a form, you get their contact details, you follow up. That's how that works. You have to understand, you need to be able to understand that. And if you don't, that's a lot to keep in mind there. How can I just rattle that off the tip of my tongue? Well, I've been doing this for years, but I couldn't do that. And I mean this 10 years ago, I couldn't have done that, that efficiently. It would have, there, there would have probably been a lot of Extraneous stuff or trying to remember or steps left out, that sort of thing. And so this is just what it that, that's what the research is for. That's why you do that research. That's why you watch a YouTube video on it because maybe there's someone out there who's actually visualized that for you. And then I think you sit down with an open Google Doc or an Evernote or Notepad and your, you know, on your on your MacBook and you write it out in your own words. And then You go to the expert and you say, okay, hey, here's this. Now, a fool and his money are soon parted. I'm sure I'm oversimplifying this. And it's really easy to see the opportunity. Once you understand how it works, it's like, oh my gosh, I am going to make a million dollars here. Because all we've got to do is set this funnel up. Then you ask the guy, how does this usually screw up? Where do people usually go wrong on this? Why wouldn't this work? Because I know a lot of businesses use Google Ads. It's actually... The vast, vast majority of the money that Google makes is from their Google ads platform. I think it's like 90% or something like that. I could be wrong or maybe off a little bit on that number. But most of the money, that, the billions and billions of dollars that Google makes every quarter, most, almost all of it's from Google ads. So how, it's clearly working for a lot of business out there. What would make it screw up for ours? And then you listen to what they say and you're like, oh, so that's the success factor. He says the copy on my landing pages needs to be really good. Well, guess what? You just figured out. You just figured out your next homework assignment. Do I write that myself or I go hire someone to do that too? And then you just kind of go through this process. Ultimately, when you get this solved, it's game over. You're done. It's, It's, and yeah, and you just let it run. I literally have funnels running for this business that have been consistently producing for me every single quarter for six years now. For my studio, I went nearly 10 years, barely changing my Google Ads funnel. But it did take some work to get to the point where I honestly... I think I said this in the other episode. But just in case people didn't hear, I'm going to say it again. There were times where I went over a calendar year without ever even logging into the account. It was running so well and efficiently. So (laughs)
1: that's crazy, but it's not crazy, dude. That's the thing. That's the point of this episode. And I think I I have to come back to this. That is the power of a conversant knowledge. And then if you want to go deeper, becoming an expert, that's great. But you've pointed out the most essential piece here, which is that do not invest in something you're not willing to research in too, right? And, and then we, you take it a step further and like, don't invest in something that you can't measure, right? If you have no idea where you are now, it means you have a different research project than Google Ads, right? If you know where you are now in terms of um, how uh, many leads you get every month, et cetera, then maybe you do have an opportunity here. You just You just raised such a good question that we have to leave with, which is, where can this go wrong? Hmm. How does this break? And you raise it when you say when you pay that hundred and fifty dollars, you take your 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 tip, right, Daniel? And you go to Upwork and you pay that Google Ads Manager expert one hundred and fifty bucks an hour. That's got to be one of your questions, dude. Where does this break? What are the most common mistakes? And then, as you highlighted so well, that's how you hone in on the success factor. Um, so that's amazing. Dude, I'm actually literally going to go use your Upwork hack this week. (laughs) I'm going to do it, dude. I'm like, I love that tip. I can't believe I've never actually heard that tip. I can't believe you waited until now to share it with me. (laughs) (laughs) I had no, I, I had no reason.
0: I mean, I got, there's a lot of stuff that I think every person has inside them that is just natural so natural to them, but it might not be natural to everyone else. And I think we all have kind of our unique genius and we have our lived experiences and, and uh, the best we can do, I think is to learn from others and, and you kind of cobble together your own quote unquote system. Mm. So Nate, are there any other questions that you had that you felt have been left
1: unanswered? No, I just, I feel like that was, Actually that was just so much more than what I hoped for. Honestly, I thought I thought we were going to get wonky around Google, the Google big 3 and in, instead we came up with a really wonderful applicable system for any owner to apply to any new innovation opportunity whether it's hmm. marketing or otherwise. So, yeah, hmm. no, thank you. It's great. Hey, it's Nate again. You know, every year at Brooklyn Music Factory, we get dozens and dozens of great reviews from our families. And you want to know how? Because we ask them. And they're happy to leave a review because of the positive impact that we've made on them. And so now I have a simple ask for you. If this podcast, the 7FMS podcast, was helpful to you, would you mind leaving a review for Daniel and I? And please, Share the podcast with another music school owner that you think might benefit. It's one of the best ways that you can support us. We appreciate it.